faster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. All the information is going to come out. We'll find out exactly what happened. But this is unprecedented. Florida Senator Scott promising a full investigation into the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago as unsealed documents reveal former President Trump is being investigated for possible violations of the Espionage Act. The devastated widow of a taxi cab driver allegedly killed by fare evaders speaks out. Former New York Governor Patterson on 77 WABC applauds Texas Governor Abbott's busing of migrants to Democratic-run cities to highlight the border crisis, despite New York City's mayor criticizing it. The condition of Satanic versus author Salman Rushdie improving as a man charged with his attempted murder remains held. Big rally in Harlem against gun violence. In attendance, Manhattan's embattled DA Alvin Bragg. Here's everything you need to know. A search warrant newly unsealed Friday reveals that the FBI is investigating former President Donald Trump for a potential violation of the Espionage Act. Trump on Truth Social claims classified documents the FBI removed from the former president's Florida state a week ago today had been unclassified. Trump's attorney claims that the FBI seized records covered by attorney-client privilege. Republican Florida Senator Rick Scott on Fox. I'm on the Homeland Security Committee. Uh, we need to have a hearing. We need to have Ray and Garland come in and tell us exactly uh, what they know, why they did it, what, w- what was the evidence they gave to the judge, what internal documents they have. Uh, we Actually, we need all that today. We need them to come out and be, be transparent. Republicans, we're going to take control in November. When we do, all the information is going to come out. We'll find out exactly what happened. But this is unprecedented. A receipt shows that Trump possessed documents, including those marked with TSSCI, one of the highest levels of government classification. The warrant shows federal law enforcement was investigating Trump for removal or destruction of records, obstruction of justice and violating the Espionage Act upon conviction. The statutes can result in imprisonment as well as fines. What of a taxi driver who died after fatally striking his head on the ground during an altercation with fare evading passengers spoke out Sunday. Surrounded by loved ones and other taxi drivers, Abby Guyham tearfully spoke out about her husband, 52-year-old Kooten Guyham. I have no words to describe him. He was a good man. He was a good, good man. The couple had four children together, and according to police, when Kooten Gaima let five passengers out near Beach 54th Street in Edgemere, instead of paying the fare, they tried to rob him. Police said Gaima chased after the fare beaters, was struck, fell to the ground, and hit his head. He died at St. John's Hospital. Detectives have obtained video of the scene. A 911 caller reported witnessing the attack, but so far, no arrests. Another busload of border crossers from Texas, 31 in all, arrived in the Big Apple Sunday morning. A top city official ripped Texas Governor Greg Abbott's policy of busing migrants to Democratic cities to highlight the border crisis under the Biden administration. Texas Governor Abbott a few days ago told New York City Mayor Adams to suck it up. 
But ex-New York Governor David Patterson, a Democrat, said he is impressed by Abbott's political maneuvering. He was on the Cats Roundtable with 77 WABC owner and operator John Katzmatidis. His sending hundreds of aliens who come into the country by bus to New York City, which is a sanctuary city, has really paid dividends to him politically. The influx of migrants, many of whom are reportedly pursuing political asylum in the U.S., has left city officials scrambling to provide shelter as required by law. Many of the migrants will eventually head to final destinations in New Jersey, North Carolina, Chicago, and Kentucky with volunteers helping to get them there, according to that representative. On the Satanic versus author Salman Rushdie's condition improving, Rushdie remains hospitalized following an attempted murder who was taken off of a ventilator able to speak on Saturday. The man accused of attacking him Friday at the Chautauqua Institution pleaded not guilty to attempted murder and assault charges and a judge ordered him remained held. A rally against gun violence Saturday in Harlem, St. Nicholas Avenue filled with chants and drumbeats as people came together to rally against gun violence. Harlem Mothers Save co-founder Jackie Rowe Adams spoke at the event. Are we sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are we sick and tired of being sick and tired? Come over here, Stephanie. Uh, Enough is enough with these guns that's getting in the hands of our kids' hands. The rally, part of the annual Harlem Week celebration. A weekend of bloodshed across the United States. An unidentified man reportedly set his car on fire by driving into a U.S. Capitol barricade. This happened early Sunday morning. He then got out of his vehicle and began firing a weapon indiscriminately before shooting himself, according to police. Here's a Capitol Police Chief uh, Thomas Manger. There's always some chatter somewhere, um, and certainly the Capitol is a very high-profile target for for a lot of folks but um that we had not had anything specific um over the last uh few days that um we would have had any uh idea that something like this would have happened washington dc metro police have taken over the investigation into this man's death the incident comes more than a year after another vehicle crashed into a capital barricade in 2021 killing one police officer and wounding another In Chicago, police are searching for a driver who ran down four men Sunday morning, killing three of them in Chicago's south side. Podcam video shows the horrific chain of events. A woman named Teresa, she didn't give her last name, described the horror to CBS Chicago. I took like three steps and then a car came and hit him. He flew over the car and as he landed, I ran over there like, oh my God. Chicago police said a sedan traveling at a high rate of speed hit four adult men. The hit and run happened outside the Jeffrey Pub, one of the city's longest running LGBTQ bars. And police did not say if they believe the driver deliberately hit the men in the street. An investigation ongoing and tragedy upon tragedy in Pennsylvania. One person was killed and another 17 people hurt Saturday when a vehicle struck a crowd that was gathered at a bar in Berwick, Pennsylvania, for a fundraiser for victims of a house fire that killed a total of 10 people earlier this month. Police say the driver was arrested shortly afterwards in the nearby beating death of his mother. 
Pennsylvania State Police identified this driver as 24-year-old Adrian Oswaldo Reyes of Nescopec. He was arraigned early Sunday morning on two counts of criminal homicide. Pennsylvania State Trooper Anthony Petrosky. This is a complete tragedy in a community where there's already been tragedy. We are going to do our job to the best of our abilities to conduct a thorough investigation, not only for the families, but the community members. They're already hurting. And if there's anything we could do to help those families beyond our investigation, we absolutely will do. Luzerne County Coroner Francis Hacken confirmed Sunday that the victim of 56-year-old Rosa Reyes of Nescopec died of multiple traumatic injuries after being struck by a vehicle and then assaulted with a hammer. She was the mother of the suspect, Sarah Reyes. Meanwhile, the August 5th blaze that killed seven adults and three children in Nescopec. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Republican out of Georgia, announced on Friday that she had filed articles of impeachment against Attorney General Merrick Garland. He said Thursday he personally directed the FBI search of former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate, infuriating Republicans and Trump supporters. Green's resolution claims that the AG's personal approval to seek a search warrant for the raid on the home of the 45th president of the U.S., Donald J. Trump, constitutes a blatant attempt to persecute a political opponent. Because we cannot tolerate this in America where our great institutions are welded and and abused uh, in such a way to defeat people's political enemies. That's not what this is for, and, and it should never exist. Republicans, including Green, have repeatedly accused the U.S. Justice Department of going after Trump for political reasons. And her resolution claims that Garland's effort to unseal the search warrant for the home of former President Trump constitutes an attempt to intimidate, harass and potentially disqualify a political challenger to President Joseph R. Biden, Jr., Articles of impeachment against Garland, though, are unlikely to pass in Congress, given the Democratic majority, and it is not clear how many Republicans would support her resolution. A year after President Biden's chaotic and disastrous military withdrawal from Afghanistan, the U.S. finds itself back where we started two decades ago when al-Qaeda carried out the 9-11 attacks. That statement from retired four-star General General Jack Keane. General Keene said the Taliban has consolidated its oppressive rule and continues to shield terrorists following America's exit from the war-torn country. Here he is on Fox News Sunday. The fact is, Afghanistan is a sanctuary for terrorism. The very reason we went there, the very reason we stayed there for 20 years to ensure that terrorists did not rise again, who attacked the American people, and we're right back where we started. Keen said the killing earlier this month of Ayman al-Zwahari, who took over running the terror group after Osama bin Laden was killed in Pakistan in 2011, shows that the Taliban is still providing the group shelter. 77 WABC Time Check coming up in 515. Let's head over to Justin Ellick with a look at sports. Thank you, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with the early news sports update. Look out, Major League Baseball, because there is a freight train running through the entire league right now in the New York Metropolitans, who secured another easy win yesterday, capping off a weekend series win over the Philadelphia Phillies at home. Chris Bassett was once again formidable as he tossed five scoreless innings and a route to a 6 to nothing shutout of the Phils and the Mets' 17th win in their last 20 games. Newfound fan favorite Daniel Vogelbach added some flair to the box score with this solo bomb in the sixth inning. 
Vogel backs over two today. And he drives one to deep right field. Back goes Castellanos. Picks a look at it. It's out of here. Daniel Vogelback with his third home run to mend his 15th of the year. Vogelbach's that call courtesy of SNY. Thank you very much. Vogelbach's fifteenth year, fifteenth uh, of the year, marked the final tally on the day for the Orange and Blue as they moved to thirty-five games over five hundred for the first time since September two thousand six. Their lead in the NL East stays at five and a half games over the Atlanta Braves as the two squads get set to enter a huge four-game set beginning tonight at seven twenty p.m. in Atlanta. Carlos Carrasco will take the hill going up against Atlanta's Spencer Strider. As for the Yankees, there's not much else to say about them at this point other than they just flat out stink. Uh, they stood no chance again last night as they wrapped up their weekend series in Boston against the lowly Red Sox. Michael Waka took the hill for Boston for the first time in almost two months, showing absolutely no rust as he mowed down the Yankees' bats in route to a 3 to nothing Boston shutout of the Bombers. Just two singles to speak of for the Yanks, but just won't cut it against anyone in this league. They'll lick their wounds still with a 10-game lead in the AL East as they get set to take on the Tampa Bay Rays at home in the Bronx for the next three nights. Tonight's Game 1 is set for 7.05 p.m. Eastern Time with Garrett Cole hoping to get the Yankees back on track. As for local NFL football, the Jets secured a preseason win over the Eagles on Friday night by a score of 24-21. to The real news, though, coming from under center, starting quarterback Zach Wilson injured his right knee and is expected to miss two to four weeks with a bone bruise and a torn meniscus. Jets should be counting on their stars, though, as the injury seemed to be much worse at the time. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Well, a shooting overseas that hits close to home. A Palestinian gunman opened fire at a bus near Jerusalem's Old City. This happened early Sunday, wounding eight Israelis, including a family of New Yorkers. The attack that came a week after violence flared up between Israel and militants in Gaza. U.S. Ambassador to Israel Tom Nides tweeted that there were American citizens among the wounded. An embassy spokesperson disclosed no other information, however. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York did give details on one of the victims. The attack happened near Jerusalem's old city where Jews come to pray, but they were met with bullets. I got to the scene, I saw a few people lying on the floor in critical condition. Three of them were in critical condition. The Sabbath had just ended in Israel, so now they could travel to their holy sites. Among the eight shot, five Americans, including a family from Brooklyn. The shooting happened as the bus waited in a parking lot near the Western Wall, the holiest site where Jews can pray. Israeli media identified the suspected attacker as a 26-year-old Palestinian from East Jerusalem. And later on Sunday, police said the suspected attacker turned himself in. Speaking during a meeting of his cabinet Sunday, Israeli Prime Minister Yair Lapid said the suspected attacker was a resident of Jerusalem who was operating alone during the shooting who had previously been arrested by Israel. In an interview with PIX11, New York City Mayor Eric Adams says New York City has an obligation to house the migrants being bussed in from Texas. Well, first, we are going to fulfill our moral and legal obligation to house everyone that enters uh, New York City. Uh, That is what we have done and that is what we will continue to do. New York City shelters are overwhelmed by the influx of migrants from Texas. Adams said that 11 emergency shelter locations have now been opened. 
The mayor also verbally attacked Texas Governor Greg Abbott for targeting New York City and admonished Abbott for sending the migrants on 45-hour bus rides without water and supplies. Well, first, we are going to fulfill. Why has he targeted New York City? Uh, We have done nothing to Texas. Why has he turned this into a political statement instead of a personal statement with people who are seeking assistance? Texas Governor Abbott is sending these busloads of migrants to Democratic-run cities to highlight the Biden administration's policy of an open border. A teenager has been arrested in connection to the shooting death of another teenager in the Bronx. 14-year-old Jacob Borbin was shot in the chest, killed early Thursday morning. Investigators initially believed that a gun may have accidentally gone off while Jacob and friends were hanging out inside the lobby of an apartment building on East 194th Street. However, police announced Saturday that a 14-year-old teen has been arrested and charged with murder, manslaughter, and criminal possession of a weapon in connection with Jacob's death. Relatives described Jacob as a good kid, adding he loved to play hoops at a nearby park, the name of the suspect not being released so due to his age. Shootings of six men in New York City over the weekend, including a teen who died and a victim struck by a stray bullet. The dead teenager, a 19-year-old whose identity was not immediate release, was shot in his left leg during a dispute in front of 3761 10th Avenue near 202nd Street in the Inwood section of Manhattan just before 11 p.m. on Saturday according to the NYPD. He was taken to Harlem Hospital, where he was pronounced dead, the nature of the dispute not known. And about three hours earlier, a 26-year-old man in Manhattan was struck by a stray bullet by a gunman who fled on a scooter. Police say the victim was near 60 East 135th Street in East Harlem when he was shot in the right leg. He was taken to Harlem Hospital in stable condition. A routine house fire on Staten Island almost cost a firefighter his life. 35-year-old Dominic Ventolora of Engine 166 on Staten Island is an eight-year veteran of the FDNY. He rushed to a house fire on Gary Court Friday night when, as the lead firefighter on the hose, somehow this hose nozzle became loose and knocked the firefighter's mask off, according to Chief John Hodgins. Fellow firefighters rushed Ventolora to Staten Island University Hospital's burn unit. The FDNY said it was touch and go for Ventolora Friday night. He was in a life or death situation in critical condition. Acting FDNY Commissioner Laura Cavanaugh spoke to PIX11 Saturday. He is doing better today, in part thanks to the swift work of our members of EMS who treated him on scene and then got him to the hospital quickly. As you know, the burn center is well-equipped to treat these types of injuries, so he is doing better today. He's done some incredible work already in his career. He's uh, saved lives. Last September, Ventilore, along with fellow firefighter Thomas DeWaters, rescued a baby in a minivan caught in rising floodwaters. Bringing they uh, and they ended up bringing actually the whole family to safety in that event. Ventilora expected now to make a full recovery. The cause of the fire has been ruled accidental, possibly electrical. There were no civilian injuries related to that fire. Early in-person voting began Saturday in New York's congressional party primaries later this month, August 23rd, which will set the final field for a slew of competitive contests in November's general election, the midterms. 
In New York City, the most closely watched race in the Democratic primary features a battle between two heavyweight incumbents who are forced to run against each other when a judge redrew the boundaries of the state's congressional districts. U.S. Representative Jerry Nadler and U.S. Representative Carol Maloney face each other, plus newcomer Suraj Patel, a Democrat who has run for the office twice before. In a debate on New York One, they were asked if President Biden should run again. Too early to say it doesn't serve the purpose of the Democratic Party to to deal with that until after the midterms. I don't believe he's running for re-election. And in Western New York, the chair of the state Republican Party, Nick Langworthy, is in a bruising primary fight with Buffalo businessman Carl Palladino, who was once the party's candidate for governor in uh, in a race there. A limited polling a number of places will be open for early voting through August 21st. 77 WABC Time Check coming up on 527. Joe Nolan is traffic in transit. All right, Deb, on the southbound side of the Deegan, we're slow from the 230s all the way on down to Fordham Road. And again, this is because of a two-vehicle accident. Now, all lanes are subject to closure as you come on down to this thing. Apparently, there are injuries the whole nine yards with this. So as you travel southbound on the Major Deegan Expressway, you're going to have this ongoing issue. Now, if you're on the Gowanus BQE coming inbound, very, very slow again as you start to come up to the area of Industry City. Again, that disabled vehicle in the right lane, slowing everybody down as you get through there. And again, that shouldn't be too much longer as they try to get it cleared up and out. Now, also, as you come inbound on the Long Island Expressway, northern southern states, all three, moving along at a very nice pace. No real major difficulties there whatsoever. In Nassau County, then once you get into the city, of course, you're going to start to build up a little bit, at least right around the area of Queens Boulevard. Now, not that big a deal. Coming down from Westchester County on the 87, also on 95, both of those seem to be moving along in a very nice clip. Really no major difficulty at all inbound Lincoln and Holland Tunnels, George Washington Bridge, all three with minor delays. 82, 82, 87, all that New Jersey doing well. Same thing on the parkway and the turnpike. The parkway, though, a lot of volume more than usual let's put it that way than a normal weekday because it's a monday a lot of people down the shore coming back uh, today instead of last night sitting in all that traffic and mass transit pretty much at this point going to be running on or close to schedule i'm joe nolan with traffic talk radio 77 wabc thanks joe and looking at your forecast from the ramsey mazda weather center nice day today cooler mostly sunny skies are high 77 both today and tomorrow Overnight, mostly clear skies, the low 68. Right now, 70 degrees, partly cloudy skies here in the Big Apple. Well, nearly a year after her disappearance and death, the new movie is being released about Gabby Petito. Jacqueline Carl has more. Lifetime's announcing the debut date for a movie about the tragic death of Gabby Petito. The Gabby Petito story will premiere on October 1st, which is also the first day of Domestic Violence Awareness Month. The film will explore Gabby's complicated relationship with fiancé Brian Laundrie and what may have led up to her murder and eventually his suicide. Skylar Samuels will play Petito and Emmy-nominated actress Thora Birch will portray her mother and make her directorial debut. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Jacqueline Carl. If you missed the top five of five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. 
Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.